Hello out there in the realms of the internet. Welcome to the Patreon plug before the episode. That is right, Elliot and I have now put together a Patreon for SideQuest Studios. This is the banner that covers all our shows, Thrones of Game, Simpsons Index, and Pulp Fury Radio. If you want to support us and the work we do, please check it out. Go to patreon.com slash sidequeststudios. Alright, enough of a plug. Let's do Thrones of Game. Hello out there you horn-blowing cunts, welcome to Thrones of Game, this is the Game of Thrones podcast where we watch the series backwards. If you've never heard the show before, well let me explain my profanity there friend, my name is BT Calloway, I've already seen the entire show, and joining me as always is the man who had never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones until we started watching in reverse order, Elliot, how you doing? Yay, season 7, woo! Yeah, season 7 where I've made subtle changes in the introduction and I can't even remember what I said anymore, yes, (laughs) we just watched season, wait... So our season seven is this season two, episode ten, entitled Vala Magulus. Vala Magulus. Oh, I was gonna prep a coin for that. Ting! Yeah. Flip, uh, flip, 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 flip. If it's in Apple Loops, well, I'll chuck it in. <laughs> oh, I thought my little improvised folly was pretty good. It was one bad, yeah. Ting! Flip, 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 flip. Especially the sound of flipping. Yeah, that's I do exa- like it when all of life is onomatopoeic. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um. So LHA O'Neill, what just happened? Well, uh, this uh... <laughs> Really? Okay. I had some fun with this one. There's a lot of episode in this episode. I felt like... The like, beginning... it's an hour and five, so... Oh, I thought it felt long. It does also, like, do the Lord of the Rings thing and, thing and end, like, four times. Mm, yes. Yeah. Um, I thought the beginning was very good, the mm-hmm. middle was a snooze fest, and then it, it kind of came together at the end, but I do have some questions. That's fair. That's fair, because this is the uh, culmination of a lot of bits and pieces. Um... So, for those of you playing at home, I'm just trying to find the biggest moments. I suppose Danny gets her dragons back from the warlocks, which was a big, you know, kind of bit people kind of made fun of for being a little bit weird and silly. Um, mm. Tyrion wakes up from the Battle of Blackwater Bay. Uh, John stabs a dude to win the trust of the wildlings. You know, stuff. Yeah. Uh, but Elliot J. O'Neill, what was uh, your MVP on this one? Uh, really? Um, oh, oh, you know, LVP, if you want the least valuable part. There were a few moments of bad acting in this, I thought. Yeah. Um, especially Red Queen and Stannis. I thought that was like, not only did it, the dialogue feel like passions, their delivery felt yeah. like passions, but also the lighting that was done in that very shit flame. That lit. very soft focus. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It, yeah, it felt daytime so proper as fuck. And considering that your best dialogue here is the Red Woman's galaxy brain nonsense. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, she's trying. You know, Clarice Van Outen is doing the most she can with what she's got there. But um, mm. it's it's not a lot. It's all, oh, but I still see you in flames. Oh, Lord, you'll be the king, I promise. There's even a line where she's got, which is like, um, uh, I, I guarantee you, you'll be king. It's like, shh bitch not even close yeah but even then like there was a bad i felt like there was a bit missing because he goes from choking her and her being like "Eh," and then immediately she's like oh it's always the way of the and her voice is fucking perfect i'm like oh come on yeah a little bit of crack would have been like because she she just got choked and is like not resisting so he's all like "Ah, i'm choking you where's your god now and she's all like my god is in you yeah 
Sorry, I- for those of you at home making the jerk-off motion. <laughs> it should be expl- it's, uh, explained inherently with the fart sound. Yeah, I think. which is weird. Those things really don't go together, but whatever. Not at all. <laughs> and yet, that's what we do. <laughs> if they do, there's something very wrong. Or if you're into that, very right. As long whatever. as you're not hurting anyone. Exactly. <laughs> um, I will go... Okay, here's an interesting one. Uh, the most improved player mm-hmm. who went from being like an easy... Uh, lose, uh, loser of the episode is that yep. what we call him isn't there something less harsh we should call them than not the, the loser the least valuable part is what I use that sounds way more nice <laughs> alright it went from because being... they're still valuable they're just the least valuable <laughs> yeah uh, is Theon his performance mm. I thought was originally shitty and then when he was giving the rousing speech I was like yeah dude yeah this is one I really like because he is being like a total annoying brat and that's where our profanity at the beginning comes from he's mm. you know sitting there uh, trying to just lord over this manor, which is clearly failing. They say he's got he's got twenty men left, and there are twenty north sorry five hundred Northmen surrounding him outside. Yeah, and they're blowing this horn constantly, and it's getting on his nerves. And he's frazzled and tired. He's acting really, acting really. I can do this. I'm stronger. I'm you know an old bratty and shit. But you know, that's what he's meant to be doing. He's meant to yeah. be this guy who is who has lost by every metric and is only is just refusing to believe it, and is just insistent that he's still got a chance. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, gave me the little bit of backstory for the uh, Blackwater Knights, who I'd later see get flayed. Yep. Mm. Yep, 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 yep. Poor little dudes. <laughs> yeah, they, they tried. I mean, they do have a good bit where he's giving this rousing speech mm. about, they say one ironborn man's worth 12 north, but well, I'm going to have to give them 20 and kill them all, and they'll sing songs about us, and they'll name their children after us, and women will moan when they think of their uh, names when their husbands are inside them, and it's yeah. all. And I do like, he waits to the end, and someone goes, smacks him in the back of the head, and goes, A total tonk. <laughs> yeah, didn't want to interrupt. It was a good speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... But in terms of, like, acting, I Mm. didn't think he was doing a good job when he was in the room and being frazzled and all that and uh, having a chat with uh, senior Carl Barron. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Maester Carl Barron. Maester Carl. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, I don't know. This was an episode of ups and downs for me. Like, yeah, I think I'd give him a good acting medal because he's like, I appreciate he's acting bratty. There's even a yeah. bit where Maester Carl is all like, uh, "I know I you grew up in this castle, and I've been here the whole time. I know this isn't who you're being." And he's like, "I don't know who else to be anymore because I've pretty much ruined everything else. So I've got to be this Theon." It's yeah. a good little moment. It's it's that recognition of I know I'm being a douchebag brat right now but i've literally got no other option yeah it's interesting seeing the run of this character and you know when he's not acting like a completely tortured person oh, like, yeah. <laughs> with severe ptsd and oh my, zero yes. dick <laughs> yeah now you get to see a, a dick possessing theon yay <laughs> and yeah just talking about the um they're coming over here to fuck us. Well, I haven't had a good fucking weeks, and I can't wait for one. And it's like, <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, man. It's Aww. like you can hear the score in his own head. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it sounds like Braveheart up there, but everyone else is like, eh, it's not a great lead in, but sure. You know what? Everyone give him one of those, ah, well, we all rah in sequence and raise our weapons. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's do that. He's, he's earned it. He's really trying, guys. Mm. Yeah, I agree. But um, eh, I think I think being a brat was, you know, the, the angle he needed to take on that one and also you know his rousing speech begins with we die today it's like ooh, bad lead in dude you, yeah you put that at the <laughs> end where it's like you know we'll be brave and gallant and maybe they'll kill one of us and maybe they'll even kill all of us but we'll make the wait wait what did you say about all of us <laughs> you know when you, the people are too invested in that yes to really yeah. uh, catch what you're saying anymore that's what sort of 
uh, made it so much more funnier, him getting donked up the back of the head. Yeah. Like, because I was like, really? Are these people going for... Oh, they are absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I think that rousing speech rides the line of someone who's doing their best Mm. and then it completely not working. Yeah. Uh, Also, when he's, you know, sitting there and this horn keeps interrupting him and he's talking and then he has this, like, long, you know, uh, monologue and the score begins to soar up. I really wanted the horn to interrupt the score. Mm. So the score's all... Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. You're no. also flat, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Um, what about you? What was your most valuable player in this one? All right. Um, I like Sansa getting to be happy for about nine seconds. That so, was nice. Yeah. Um, this is the part where, you know, there's a whole big... Okay, actually, I'm going to start from the top of this entire sequence because it's pretty important. So it starts with horse shit. <laughs> Just a scene of a horse shitting. And Tywin Lannister ro- rides in on a horse up to the Iron Throne and gets named Hand of the King and just stays on his horse and then leaves on his horse. Yeah. It's like, that's a power move, dude. It's a little, little too obvious a power move for Tywin, who's usually a bit more subtle about these things. He's just like, I will ride in on a horse and I will not get off and I will force the king to see a horse's ass <laughs> as I leave. And I will make the king's staff clean up its shit. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, again, he's usually a more subtle man than this, but uh, all right. Excrement. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and then, you know, he... Gives Littlefinger Harrenhal and Littlefingers all Littlefingers about. I don't know, there wasn't too much on that. I said it as a note. Um, and then he's all, you know, Loras comes forth and says, I'll give you anything. He's like, I'll marry my sister Marjorie. And the, um, Marjorie has this line of, uh, I've heard many stories of your great courage and wisdom and taken and they've taken root deep inside me. Yeah. Which I think is our first example of Vag Talk. What's this? <laughs> it's that. It's Vag Talk. Zip. Yeah, uh, where the vagina is being used as a metaphor, as we do like our cock talk. So, uh, yeah. you know, I'm going to give it to this. Good. And good. then senile old maester comes along. And says, oh, it's okay. The gods uh, would, uh, would not approve of the other woman for this reason. And so I think it's fine. And then everyone's like, it's fine. Just marry the hot one. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the court agrees. And I swear for a second, they're all like, Jerry, Jerry. He's all like, but I can't marry Tyrell. I'm proposed to Sansa. You know, that whole bit. Just for a second. I swear that was happening. Uh, but yeah, my point is, then my MVP is Sansa has to walk away and is like, oh my gosh, I don't have to marry this guy anymore. Thank God. And just has his moment of actually laughing and being happy. And then Littlefinger rocks up to him and goes, hey, before you get too happy, it's been literally nine seconds. I counted. And uh, just so you know, being engaged to him was the only thing protecting you and you don't have that anymore. So sucks to be you yet again, Sansa. (laughs) But I'll protect you. Yes, I'll protect you. I'll take you back home. And his weird little finger accent, which is in any accent. Yeah, it's... It's a lot of things and nothing all at once. Uh, yes, either that or there's a little bit of a MVP where hound. It's a lot of mess of notes here. I'm trying to read what I'm actually talking about. Oh, oh there's a bit where, okay, so Tyrion wakes up from uh, being attacked. He's got this scar across his face. He's still bandaged and everything. It looks so wildly different from the last time we saw it. Oh, my God. Where's the continuity in this show? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Who are we? Us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then Shay comes in and, you know, he's all. she's all like, we could run away together. And he's like, no, I need to stay here. I, I do belong here. These are bad people and out talking them and outsmarting them is what I'm good at. And it's like, it's a good little moment of him realizing he's got nothing else in the world but to be, you know, a fairly large piece in this game. Yeah. Despite the fact that he doesn't like it. No, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, we talked about this in the previous couple of episodes where, yeah, uh, Tyrion, like, being afraid of the life he doesn't know, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, despite hating the fact, uh, hating the life he does know, is far more afraid of the life he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. He'd rather... 
He'd rather be rich here than, yeah, potentially po- uh, potentially poor somewhere else, yeah. I mean, almost certainly poor somewhere else. You, yeah. you don't get rich easily in this one. Yeah, that's true. Mm. And also, as he points out, he's uh, he's a little short. Oh, yep. I'm not happy with myself <laughs> for that, doing that. Well, it also starts off with uh, Maester Pycelle, like a Maester old guy, let's face it. He's just, he's just <laughs> Maester old guy. Uh, coming in, he has the whole speech of, uh, oh, you know, it's a smaller chambers, but you don't need much room. He actually looks way younger in this one, I thought. So I think maybe later... They... Everyone does. True. But I think maybe later they start to age him up a little bit to be a bit more dottering old fool, whereas here mm. he's just kind of old. So yeah. maybe they're playing that up for levity or... I don't know. But yeah, a lot of people... In later seasons, his balls uh, brush up against his uh, uh, calves. Yeah. Uh, what no, did he say thigh. last time? It was knee last time. Ah, maybe yes. it was ankles last time. I don't even know. <laughs> Like, just try and get that image out of your head as we continue on to nudity. Nudity. Oh, it's a little bit. There was a little bit of Roz, the uh, who's at this point working for Littlefinger, uh, covering up a black eye. I think we'll see that next episode. Mm. Uh, Varys walks in and like she tries to seduce him, and he's like, "Ah, uh, n- no." And then she kind of <laughs> reaches for his crotch. She's like, "Oh, I wait, I know you." <laughs> and he just does that very Varys face for yeah. C. You know. <laughs> I don't know. That dude has really good facial expressions. I, know, I love Varys. The, this reverse watch has really made me appreciate Varys way more. And I liked him on the forward watch. But uh, it does, and I hate to say this pun, but it does make me very sad they nuded him later on. Hey. He just didn't get as much to do and was nowhere near as interesting in the last few seasons. Whereas in these ones, he's great. He's just, you never quite know what he's doing, but at the same time, you know he's doing something good. And mm. yeah, he's a great character. I really like Varys. But I don't get like, okay, if you're describing Varys to someone... And you're just so she needs to keep an eye out for him. You wouldn't lead him with, oh yeah, he has no dick. And that's the only information you give him. It's like, <laughs> look, he's bald and he talks a little bit up here like this. And yeah. he's always very proper and usually keeps his hands folded in a robe like that. You would know Varys when you saw him. <laughs> yeah. Is he one of the guys with short hair and armor? No, that, him. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> so I don't know how the hell Roz doesn't actually know this guy, but whatever. Um, but they have a nice little back and forth, and uh, yes, um, yeah. yeah. As I wrote down, despite being a eunuch, Varric Varus Fox. <laughs> so uh, yeah, good character. Really like him. Um, that was all the nudity we have. So uh, yeah, we just skip on straight down the line to violence. Violence. Mm, there was some great violence in this one. Yeah, like I said, this episode was bookended with some good moments. Mm. They just happened to be violent. Yep, absolutely. Well, it just starts off with Brienne and Jim Jam walking along, and uh, so good. this bit whole part was great. So they come across uh, three women who have been hung up, and they have a sign, they lay with lions on them. So presumably the uh, Stark soldiers have killed some local prostitutes or just local women who happened to uh, sleep, sleep with, um, with the lion is the sigil. Uh, how Stark is the wolf, uh, then this Lannister would have been the lion. So uh, that the, these women had laid with uh, Lannister troops. All right, uh, that, so they're they got... not like um, fucking what's his name, Giant Spain. They're not actually into bestiality. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> look... I, I mean, as far as bestiality goes, lion is definitely on the riskier end. It's edge. bold. Yeah. I mean, so's a bear. <laughs> if Tormund's to be, be believed, <laughs> I mean, kind of believe him. <laughs> I kind of. I we just want to. At the same time, I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, there's a whole bit, you know, she wants to cut them down and give them a proper burial, and he's like, stop wasting your time, and then, you know, they hear someone coming, so Brian gets ready, and they kind of prepare this lie, and I like that Jim Jam leads into the lie, he knows that these are Stark men, they'll kill him if they find out it's actually yeah. uh, Jim Jam Lannister, and he's all like, oh, I didn't done stole a pig, I did, whoop, she's taking me back to my punishment, ah. <laughs> but no, I like, he does a much better job at acting than I just did. Yeah. 
Uh, and then Brianna Tarth is getting laughed at and just and has this moment of just, if you're quite fit, and they're still laughing. Oh. He's like, Because, hmm. yeah, she's just gotten it from Jamie as yeah. well. Oh, you virgin, you have a fuck, dude. Fucking's great. You'd probably love it, eh? Yeah, you, you bet you wish someone had just gone, oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet you wish. Uh, <laughs> Not just good as a wink to a blown bat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and just, But then I do like the flip on the dime of them starting to work together when they do mm. have this mutual interest of not exposing Jim Jam Lannister. Uh, and then, you know, just to make sure we're okay with these Stark soldiers dying, one of them, the, uh, Brienne of Tarth is like, did you at least kill these women quickly? And like, oh yeah, we killed two of them quickly. The third one, ooh. Mm. You know, just so we feel okay when, uh, you know, one of them recognizes Jim Jam and then Brian just oh, yeah, has this whole thing of, all right, I'm going to ask you the same question at the same time and I want both of you to answer on three. <laughs> What's his name? Now, ready? One. Remember, it's on three, not three, then answer, okay? One. Two, and she just stabs, them, stabs yeah. two of them and leaves one of them. And it's just like, oh, two quick deaths, wasn't it? And then just shank, like skewers him with a sword. It's like, mm. whoo, Brian, bam, fate brutality. Yeah, I love the choreography of that bit. I don't know if I'm as into the choice to not show the knife going into the stomach, um, doing it. Like, I think there is some certain artistic merit in doing mm. it, just showing Bray and his faces. Yeah, no, I, um, I would take that personally. Yeah, but I, mm, I, I think I would have liked a wider shot on that one. Maybe, but I like the... I like keeping it out of frame. Yeah. Like there's something that leaves it to the imagination. I imagine she was going scrotum up. So uh, <laughs> maybe it was in the stomach like you think. Maybe it was uh, cock talk first. I yeah. don't know. Sure. But uh, yeah, we don't know. And that's, I think, the most savage we ever see, Brian. But who knows? Maybe she's a bit more brutal in, in these past episodes. Oh, definitely. And the fire that she has in the face when she wants to is so intense. It's mm. just like immediately I I turn into Podrick around her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we see Podrick here. I see he gets more baby cheeked somehow. No, it's remarkable. This is one of the hugest jumps in like noticeable age difference that I've mm. seen for pretty much all the characters across the board, especially Arya, who oh, yeah. sounds nine here. Yeah, this is the one where you could really agree she could pass as a nine-year-old boy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, absolutely. Uh, oh, and we meet Faceless Guy then as well. Yeah, yeah, whatever his name is, uh, the dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's all like, oh, I'm, go I'm going to be mystical now. You can come learn mystical things. And she's like, no, I need to find my brother and mother. I've heard they're going to a lovely wedding. And she's all, <laughs> and he's like, well, if that doesn't work for some reason, uh, take this coin and give it to someone in Bravos, blah, blah, blah. And then two seasons later, that happens. And I thought that was all the way at the start of season five. Maybe it is. Five. I can't remember. Yeah. I remember the five hanging around the faceless dude a lot and getting annoyed at his shit. <laughs> yeah, but I think that was four that she gives the guy the coin. Yeah. End of four, beginning of five is when she's there. Um, yes. But there, that's, uh, who else is incredibly young in this one? I don't know. Oh, a fucking itty bitty old brand. Oh, yeah. All brand and Rickon, who's tiny. Yeah. Oh. And, and the only so adult adorable. in this entire place. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that was one of the scenes that I liked as well, where they were saying goodbye to uh, yeah. Maester Carl Baron. Yeah, for a scene we don't really have a lot of context for, uh, really well done, and it got me in the feels. I was going to ask, how's the heart of this episode? Because <laughs> uh, do you feel any of the bumps? And yeah, I really did. Like, he has this whole speech of, you know, looking at the two boys and being like, I brought you into this world and I've seen you almost every day since, and I consider my life blessed for that. Fucking so like, aw. Dude. Maester Carl Baron, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, and I even like then his follow-up of, you know, they all leave and then um, 
you know, uh, the only adult I can't remember the name of, is all like, I'll bring you milk at the pub. He's like, ah, I don't want that. And kind of gestures towards her knife. And he's like, trust me, you're the only one that can laugh with those boys now. You're also going to be the only adult in that group for a little bit. Now stab yeah. me in their neck. <laughs> and good luck with those ones, those little hell raisers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I um, a question, is milk of the poppies like opium? Yeah. Ah, there we go. Yeah, painkiller. Much like this universe, uh, Milk of the Poppy will get you stoned. Uh. Uh, yeah, can be used like morphine, or if you refine it, can be used as opium. Wow. Uh, they're asking me what I would like uh, with my coffee. Uh, almond milk, oat milk that they have now. Milk of the Poppy. Do you have any milk poppy? <laughs> scratch, scratch, scratch. <laughs> <laughs> just joke. Wow, that'd be an upper and a downer at the same time. Mm. <laughs> it's going to be a weird, but you'll probably just be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I feel completely normal. Scratch, scratch, scratch. <laughs> but I need more. <laughs> hmm. Lots, lots, lots more. Uh, yep. Well, man, let's see. What else? Oh, yeah, and violence. Oh, yeah, of course. After we have the mercy kill of the old guy, we have Dan Brady, who's uh, been pulled into a um, literal Dungeons and Dragons situation. Mm. I wrote down Dungeons and Dannies, but uh, I was not thrilled with it. Dungeons. Yeah. Sorry, just to jump back to that other point oh, yeah. quickly. Um, yes, I uh, con- uh, contrasting. Uh, for, from the Bray scene, I do like the choice here not to show that death. Mm. It's just, yeah. you see them walking on the hill as the ne- next smash cut, and I'm like, yeah, that's 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 good. Yeah, you know it's a mercy kill. You don't need to see the gory details of that. Uh, and it's then mercy for the audience, I suppose, not to see this very sweet old man die. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, that makes sense. Totally into it. What I'm not so into is the dragon's very obvious colour difference. Now, mm. I... No, it's probably better for the eye to help to differentiate the three dragons, but who are they, Huey, Dewey, and fucking Louie? Like- it is a little weird. They've got such vibrant, distinct coloration differences, especially that it doesn't ever really matter. Yeah. Like, if two was two, if two were green and one was red, okay, but it's like, there's the green one and the black one and the red one, which is your favorite. They're not Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, or fucking Mortal Kombat ninjas. Just, yeah. <laughs> they're dragons, like... Just have them slightly different shades of mossy green. It's fine. Yeah, yeah if you really need to make, make one distinct, if you really, really need, and then the rest kind of don't matter. It's not yeah. awful, but it is, especially now we see, we so rarely, later on they get so big, you don't really see all three on camera at the same time. Mm. But here it's, yeah, pretty, uh, collect them all. Kind yeah, of. but it does make it seem that much more cartoony and a mm. bit less believable to me. And especially if we're going to go with, uh, like, because... I hadn't really noticed it before, and we've seen the dragons as mm-hmm. in every other scene now. And to me, it gives the one that turns White Walker that much more distinction, it being a different color. Yeah. That's more horrific to me. That starting out like this, I can see why they changed it, or at least toned it down in later episodes. Yeah, turn the shades down. Here they, they do look a little bit like uh, plastic figures. Yeah. Yep. And uh, when I wrote that note for that, I'd never thought about it before, but Huey, Dewey, and Louie mm. are all spelt different, even though they rhyme. Hmm. Yeah. Well, English language, it's fuck stupid. It's bad. It's a bad language. How we got this far is a fucking miracle. Yeah, through a lot of, like, wacky circumstances. Mm. It's why we invented the sitcom. They never had it in any other language until we came up with awkward si- situations. Ah, oh, there we go. Yeah. G- gave a purpose to homonyms. Yeah, exactly. That's how we're able to have like one guy at a dinner where he's dating two different women, but they don't know he's, mm. he's dating and they have to keep moving. Yeah, those homonyms. Well, actually, uh, I remember one time my dad was really pissed at me because he asked me to run into the supermarket and grab some mints. And so I bought like, you know, Jilla and PK and yep. shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
you're a dull boy, Elliot. <laughs> it's like, it's a pun, father, and they'll be my defining feature growing old, as well as a beard and tie-dye shirts. He's like, haha, where's the beef? And I'm like, I get that reference, and none of that happened. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, wait, none of it? Oh, no, the mints okay, definitely, that, I wanna... that bit definitely I wanted, happened. I feel like, you know, the listener at home wanted to know that for sure. Yeah. So uh, now they know. Um, yeah, so there's kind of a cool bit where they kind of walk up to this tower, Dan Brady, Captain Friendzone, and some guy who's just there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do this thing where she runs around the tower looking for a door, and Dan and Captain Friendzone is chasing behind her and loses sight for a second, and then she's gone. And she's inside the tower. It, it works. It's a good bit. Um, but yeah, she just kind of wanders around for a little bit and then goes through a door, and it was a very Simpsons moment of, uh, you know, one of these doors leads to your dragons, the other have man-eating tigers. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but then goes through and sees visions of the Iron Throne with snow, in quotation marks, falling from the sky and snow resting on the Iron Throne. And a lot of pe- and then she reaches the Iron Throne and doesn't touch it. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's a clue to the end. To be entirely fair, this was a clever bit to season eight. And I don't get to say that often where it wasn't snow. It was ashes falling down on the Iron Throne. Right. Yeah. That okay. was cool. Um, however, the folly for her footsteps, that's snow. That's the sound of stepping in snow, not the sound <laughs> of stepping on ashes. Foley gives his lied to us for the last time. Yeah. And in this bit as well, she faces off against the skinny dude in purple. Did he remind you of that dude from Dungeons and Dragons, oh, the yeah. movie? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That was my only note. Like, have I seen this guy before? No, you've not. But here's kind of a dumb thing. Okay, so he's a warlock and he has a quick explanation of the return of her dragons is returning their magic to them. And the dragons are strongest in the presence of uh, Dan Brady. Right. So they plan to keep Dan Brady chained up with her dragons to keep them strong. So the dragons keep the warlock strong. Uh, and then later on in the, you know, next slash previous episode where we have that weird girl with the bad teeth uh, trying to throw a Pokeball at Dan Brady. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's meant to be the Warlock sending an assassin after. That is the last time they try. That is the last time they show up ever in the series. Oh. One failed assassination attempt and they're just gone for the next six seasons. Wow. Yeah. I know. I was like, oh, yeah, they totally dropped that plot line. I completely forgot. Wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> yep. But yeah, she's standing there and it's all, this is our point of violence, finally, is she just goes, Dracarys, and they're all, all the dragons are like, Wah. oh, we know that word. Yeah. <laughs> Fire. And the warlock's like, no, why did I ever think dragons could be dangerous? Uh. <laughs> she does her own <laughs> pokey move as well. Um, three dragons use fireballs. Yeah. It's super effective. Mm. Yeah, it is also a, just a dumb point of, oh, yeah, I put the woman who knows how to control these things in the same room as these things and just stood in front of them like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. This scene played is very stupid to me. I think that's why people kind of made fun of it a little bit on the in- on the internet. It's yeah. just, yeah, you didn't think this one through, did you? Did you, Warlock guy? I mean, to be fair, well, the, even the smartest of us make dumb mistakes sometimes, but uh, this is a very Bond villain escape, you know? Well... I'll say this is even like a very Power rangers sort of bit in the episode where, oh, there's multiple of me. You can't escape me. Oh, I'm on fire now. Like, I mm. don't know. It felt dumb. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> yeah, it was like, uh, our powers grow stronger, especially now that you're here. No, no, fire did it. Yeah. The end. yeah. <laughs> so, oh, you didn't have a plan for being on fire. Again, you're around fire bringing dragons. <laughs> did it not occur to you have a bucket of water? <laughs> Stupid freaking warlock. No, because that makes him melt. Uh. Yeah, it's pretty much Wizard of Oz, where it's like, why did you even have that bucket of water hanging around yeah. if you're that vulnerable? <laughs> hey. So yeah, um, people are idiots. And uh, 
Yeah, that's about all I got here. Yep, sure. Uh... All right. Uh, let's see. Memorable quotes. I've already mentioned uh, Marjorie Tyrell talking about her vagina. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, and uh, I've already talked about Tyrion talking about being good at this. Um, that was all my memorable quotes I wrote down. Um, I think we just have to just rapid fire our notes. Sorry, yeah. quick five, 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 five. Yeah, I'm almost there. Like, surprisingly, for a longer episode, I had very few notes for this one. Well, I was trying to pace mine out, uh, because but because it ended four times, I actually had to go to my third page of notes because oh, I, right. because I was like, okay, and we're done. Oh, we're not done. <laughs> I burned some space there. Uh, there's a bit where the red lady and Stannis are staring into the fire when I got another Simpsons flashback of, ah, oh, that fire is too violent. <laughs> um, yeah, we talked about Theon being a brat, blah, 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 blah. Uh, oh, yeah, I do like uh, Shay's line of when she thir- first sees Tyrion. It's just like, you're a mess. Yeah. It's like, yep, fair. Well, at least she's honest, you know. Yeah. Uh, next time someone's in hospital, I'm going to like, how are you? You're a mess. My God. <laughs> it's just like. That makes me feel worse, but I appreciate your honesty. It's just, it's, I'm quoting a thing. Have you seen Game of Thrones? No, okay. <laughs> well, watch that and then check out my podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, Dan Brady, House of Ghosts and Warlocks, whatever. But yeah, one failed assassination mission. I'm just, I'm stunned how lazy those stupid warlocks are. Mm. All they have to do is be set on fire once and send one assassin and they're like, oh, this is too hard. We quit. <laughs> She's thinned out our numbers too much. Yeah, by killing one of us. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And that was our last Pokeball. That was our last <laughs> shot. <laughs> okay, man. So Pokeballs are probably pretty rare. Yeah. Uh, we once again have Arya, Hot Pie, and that guy uh, walking around. Gendry Baratheon. But I just like Arya, Hot Pie, and that guy. <laughs> it's kind of like a, you know, two guys, a girl, and a pizza place kind of oh, title totally. to it. Um, yep. Coin. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, Faceless Man says the episode title, Vala Magulis. Hey, you said it. Roll credits. Yep. <laughs> so did anyone in the last episode say Vala Daharis? Not that I remember. I feel like we, one of us would have caught it if they did. I mean, probably. But we do talk a lot of shit. Mm. Uh, I got another note for violence on Jon Snow. I don't think we talked about that. No, we didn't. Let's go to that one. Is that on the third page of notes? Is that the mysterious third page? Yeah. The rarely used third page of notes. Uh, so yeah, Jon's all like, you know, they're walking and Ingrid's kind of bopping him in the head with his own sword. So he, funny. He does a pretty good bit where he just ducks and weaves and is like, yeah, I can. I'm. I'm letting you. Hit, I'm letting you hit me in the head here. Yeah. So I like that. It was a good little bit showing he has a degree of control even when being uh, uh, arrested. Uh, Lord of Bones is still funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for him as well after the dude had died. It's like burn the body. And does anyone want the bones? Anybody? No, I called him on the bones. Kind of my thing. <laughs> the bones. I mean, this mask is beginning to crack a little bit. I'm the Lord of Bones. <laughs> I don't think I could fit in his skull. I don't need the skull. Like who, and anyone who keeps calling me Q-Bone, shut up. It's different. Yeah. Just, okay, everything's Pokemon now. Wow. Yep. We've gone from everything is Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which I did have a note of that, and I can't remember where it is anymore. We'll come back to it. Oh, no, there it is. Sorry, when uh, the old maester was dying, he's like, oh, and they're like, no, you're hurt, you're dying. Oh, I feel fine. But he says it in a kind of croaky voice. It's very close mm. to, I feel happy. <laughs> I, I've got a lot of tis but a flesh wound vibes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, everything's Holy Grail and Simpsons, and now apparently Pokemon. I didn't see that one coming, but here you go. Pokey of Mon. Yep. Uh, so then... What you know, house do you represent? Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so that's like your... Uh, your, 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 your what are they called? I the, profess my allegiance to Professor Oak. <laughs> yeah, Bolton's a team rocket. Mm, and uh, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> there you go. You know what? We can, we can mesh this. <laughs> Just flaying a Pikachu. Ooh, oh, oh, that's awful. <laughs> 
Well, that ruined that for me. Yeah. Let's go back to the silliness of this incredibly serious show uh, where, you know, the guy they're marching with uh, picks a fight with John is like, ah, your father was a bastard and your mother was a whore and also you need to kill me so they'll trust you. Oh, yeah, come at Mm me. Uh, But I do like all the wildlings like, oh, shit, yeah, fight, 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 fight. Yeah. Yeah, That was delightful. Um I think I just stole all the thunder of that bit. Do you have any notes? Because <laughs> you said, oh, I want to talk about this, and I feel like I kind of jumped all over No, that. That, that's about it. Um, it was another one of these sort of big lumbering sword fights, and yeah, like you said, the um, the hidden shit going on there. Um, mm. it, it was part of the episode that I was starting to enjoy the episode again, and yeah. it was much needed after the whole silliness of the damn Brady crap. Um, but yeah, I agree it did, like... Um, and yeah, just to bring it back to fucking Dan Brady... Um, uh, it's probably spoilers for later episodes asking what was the point of... Backshadowing spoilers yeah. with the tent with the uh, Carl Drogo and the kid. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that was Carl Drogo, her previous husband. Um, uh, I meant sort of more um, locking the people in the cage, but I guess I'll get uh, okay, context yeah. for that later. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, the Carl Drogo scene was another one that I thought was just overdramatic and boring. Yeah, like almost days of our lives if it wasn't in a different language, I guess. Um, yeah. But even then, that made it feel even more so. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this really bit. I, there's a bit that I almost yelled at the beginning of this episode as my uh, introduction to everybody, where uh, she's all like, "Am I dreaming?" And he's like, "Well, maybe I'm dreaming." And then it goes on to say, uh, "But questions like that are for weak men with skinny arms." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, "That's funny." Yeah. Um, yeah, but then she's got a line at the end that says something like, "Oh, you know, I'll love you until the sun rises in the west and the the." Mountains crumble like leaves and the rivers run dry. Or until I see John Bumshovey's bum. <laughs> yeah, it's like, forgot about him real quick, didn't you? I mean, I guess it was years in, in real time, but still. Yeah. Just saying, a lot, lot of fancy words, but as soon as someone with a nice John Bum comes around, you forget it all. Yeah, and then there's that uh, some guy and that girl, and they open up a vault and the vault's empty. I vaguely remember the insignificance of this, but something. And uh, then they get sealed inside, and it's like, well, that's... Uh, kind of a terrible death so yeah uh, yeah dan brady always been a cruel bitch yeah uh because i think that's one of the things you know you judge how good you are the mercy you show your yeah. enemies or something like that absolutely yeah and if um that's why i felt it was particularly cruel it would have just been like just stab them in their bed if you if they were that awful like, yeah just kill them and that'll be that we're locking locking them in a vault to either suffocate or starve uh, yeah i i sometimes just don't know what the show wants me to think about Dan Brady. Uh, she's meant to be powerful and uh, getting revenge and stuff. But yeah, revenge, like you said, it, how you treat your enemies is a big stance of how you are as a person. Mm. Like you compare this to, you know, Rob, who someone's wrong, wronged him later and he's the one that swings the sword and executes the dude. And uh, yeah, that's there's something to be said about doing it himself. And yeah, he regretted it, but mm. it was also, well, he gave the sentence himself, he swung the sword himself, he wore the burden, he did everything on his own, and it was quick. Or at least as quick as you can kill someone. Yeah. But I feel like uh, the show is a bit more clear about, you know, good guys, bad guys, and complicated figures, and, like, it always feels like they're presenting Dan Brady as the hero, but her actions sort of seem to speak otherwise. Yeah, well, these earlier episodes, she is a little bit more grey. I did speak a few episodes when she first gets the Unsullied is marching this massive army off, and there's a much more ominous tone to the music. Yeah. That's less, oh, she's a hero and she's got her own army now, and a lot more oh, here's another major player into this game of deceit and murder. 
uh, which really, really, really makes me wish they'd played her a bit more grey uh, for the rest of the series instead of being, oh, she's so wonderful and, ha, oh, no, actually, she's evil. Yeah. If, like, if she'd been a little more ambiguous all the way along, it wouldn't have been such a shock when she just turned violent and killed everybody. Absolutely. Amongst the many other problems of season eight, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but just in that last scene where they're... um. You know, stealing everything from this guy's house. Uh, there's two Dothraki in the background carrying what looks like a peacock statue made of glass, and it's got major vibes of you know those two guys carrying the pane of glass across oh, the road. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Drop know. it in the fire. Exactly. Uh, and then we get a our actual last scene of a little bit of Sam and those other guys walking through the snow, and Sam's all like, you know what I like about Gilly? Uh, she said six words to me, and she has a very positive outlook, despite everything that's happened to her. I will say, Sam looked like he was from the right series this time, and the difference seems so obvious now. His mm. teeth looked horrible. <laughs> like in later seasons, it looks like he's brushed his teeth. This there's crap all well, between them, and it you know looks what? authentic. His uh, ca- his contract got renewed, and he got that dental surgery. Mm. Oh, so this was actually the actor's teeth. I mean, prove me wrong. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, Ed and Greg. I think the other one was called. <laughs> I can't remember that. Those guys. Yeah. Who are yeah? In beginning of next season, we see her all like sounds like you left me behind. It's like, dude, you fell down like ten seconds into running away. So that was another question I had. What is the uh, like what happens between this last scene and that scene of him crying and walking with them he catches up i guess this is a weird place to end it because he cowers behind a rock and you think oh really no none of the white walkers are going to see him just there but the one of them stops and looks at him and then just carries on it's like oh you didn't you didn't think oh good another corpse for our corpse army yeah could always use one more no uh, uh, because yeah as the White Walkers have been shown to be very indiscriminate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Come to think of it, if they'd killed Sam, the rest of the series would have gone very, very differently because he's the one who knows Dragonglass kills White Walkers, ah. which mounts their main point of defense in the end, which is the main reason John eventually bent the knee to Danny anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if they just off this one dude, um, you know what? Maybe they were just fat shaming. They're like, <laughs> ah, too fat to be a corpse, aren't you fatty? Well, I got major... Vibes from Dial C for zombies on The Simpsons, you know, where the zombies swarm home and yep. it's like, brains, brains, dun, dun, dun. brains, brains. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, once again, I think it's just the blessing of obesity in this one. Yeah. The, the fat people live for whatever reason. There we go. Even the zombies are like, nah. <laughs> and uh, that changed the entire tide of the war. So there you go. Yeah, I, I will say, like, even though they kind of looked a bit rough around the edges in a CGI animated sense, they obviously, you know, it's like one of the first times the show has mm-hmm. shown them. Um, but the moments where they chose to be more disgusting with their design, I thought worked better. Yeah, a little uh, bit more corpse-like, yeah. Yeah, uh, whereas the sort of icy white walker sort of design I thought looked a little fake, like the horse with its fucking throat hanging out, the dude with only half a mouth, and mm-hmm. uh, there were some really good gross... Uh, costuming there yeah although if from memory i don't realize we knew this before later on when we see the night king i think that was meant to be a bigger deal because that was like the first time we've seen him up until this point i think the main leader of white walkers we've seen is that guy on the horse who's all like white and stringy Mm. uh so that was a kind of thing we missed on the reverse was that was the big deal that oh that's the night king um because i remember that being a big accidental spoiler because one of the casting calls was night king and like oh shit they've confirmed it. it's like no we didn't we that, that could be that could be anyone 
shit. It's just like when, yeah, you see a uh, leak from Nintendo. Wanted a game designer to work on Secret Zelda. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's too obvious. Uh, Legend of Zed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Um, Does that put me out of notes? Let me have a quick flip through here. Uh, Well, it was a wedding episode as well. Oh, yeah. We get a wedding and um, it goes fine. Yeah. There's a bit of uh, Rob and Catelyn Stark talking back and forth before, um, which I let me just have a look at that. Which I had as one of my other notes of bad acting, which is surprising because we recently talked about Catelyn Stark having a very good speech about yeah. Jon Snow not being her son. I just thought this was wall-to-wall shit. Oh, really? <laughs> From both her and Rick, actually. It wasn't amazing, but um, eh, it was okay. Um, I guess it wasn't... A lot of the good dialogue makes you feel like there are things happening outside this conversation, mm. and this was all just dialogue for this scene and that was about it i guess it just didn't feel as big for whatever reason um and she has a line something like if you uh treat your oaths lightly your people will do the same it's it's you know valuable life lesson there but um yeah this is the one wedding no one got murdered at sure it led to more murders (laughs) but uh you know for the track record of weddings, this one's uh, not doing too badly. Yep, and they got their lines exactly right, exactly yep. on the same time as they rehearsed. Yeah, yeah. These guys are so ready for the regional fucking <laughs> rap championships. Regional rap, yeah. sp- getting married in sy- synchronized weddings. Yes. <laughs> Whatever we want to... Synchronized ceremonies. There we go. That's about as good as I got. Um, But I think that puts me out of notes. How about you? Um, Yeah, I'm done. I mean, yeah, I'm done. Um, right. Well, if that puts you out of notes and that puts me out of notes, we must ask our final and arguably most important question. How did we get here? Well, the next episode is called Blackwater and being that we saw, you know, 20 guards from Blackwater still Mm -hmm. sticking around with Theon, it'd probably have something to do with that. However, I choose to believe it's got something to do with the 2001 (laughs) album by Opeth, Blackwater Park. Uh, That's a very good album. I think you're absolutely correct. Mm. And that that puts me out of notes. All right. And the sun sets forever over Blackwater Park. I don't know the lyrics to that song. That's like... Even less so. That's the last line of the album. Is it? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I know I'm not much of a lyrics guy, but even when... Like, even less when it comes to Opeth, because it's just... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But half of it's, you know, divine singing. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to Opeth. They're wonderful. Except the song Blackwater Park. It always surprises me to think about that. There's no clean vocals in that song. Yeah, true. You know what? If if you're new to Opeth, check out Benighted. It's a wonderful song. Mm. Uh, Very emotional for a death metal band. Yeah, I reckon the starting point for people who aren't necessarily into metal, especially black metal, death metal, anything with... um, Yeah, Damnation is probably the best starting Mm -hmm. point. And then, yeah, the song Benighted, off my personal favourite album, Still Life, but Mm -hmm. um, I recognise that most people's in has been Blackwater Park, so that's probably where you go. Damnation, Blackwater Park, then probably Ghost Reveries. Yeah, if you're feeling like uh, thrashing pretty hard, Ghost Reveries. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, until then. Anyway, yeah, let's go listen to some Opeth. Opeth talk. <laughs> New segment? Who knows? I don't make the rules here. <laughs> uh, that's been Elliot Joe O'Neill. Goodbye. I've been BT Calloway, and for now, our watch is ended.